tuned to the online broadcast network. AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! You know, I was like praising worship, right? Another good one from Kiara Sheard, who is, of course, evangelist Dorinda Clark Cole's niece. Mm. Shout and out. I, I felt like Save Me was a really good song, considering this episode. Yeah, with Courtney. Yes. Yes. And of course, welcome, welcome, welcome to all you guys tuning in. This is hey, another ep- after show. Of Preachers of Detroit here at AfterBuzz TV. Make sure you guys go ahead and like and su- subscribe to us on YouTube. That's youtube.com backslash AfterBuzz TV. And we are on iTunes and SoundCloud. So make sure you guys subscribe and download the app too. Yeah. I, I realize it's a lot easier to get to the show. It's much the easier. App, to the yeah. app. So stop playing. Go to the App Store, get the AfterBuzz TV app, and it's listen to us that way because it's so much easier. It's free. Exactly. It's free too. And guys, we're back, and I'm your host, Gary Thomas. Of course, you guys can find me. And I am Gary Thomas on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, I am GaryThomas.com. And I'm joined by none other than my arch nemesis, Patrick Paul. Incredible. Hey, what's happening, y'all? This is Patrick Paul. And you know you can find me at Patrick Paul Paul on my Twitter, Patrick Paul at IG and Facebook. That's P A T R I C, no K, P A U L. I'm happy to be here. We're, <laughs> Did we're, you we're, fix your Twitter? No. I'm going to keep it like that for the rest of the season. We only got one episode left, and so I'm going to keep it like that for my fans. You know, I only got two. My mom and my daddy. <laughs> they don't, nobody care what I got to say. I know. This is episode nine of ten, Trials and Tribulations. Wow. Yeah. Nine of ten. So we're we're almost through the first season of Preachers of Detroit. Yeah. And this one was actually way, way juicier than... <laughs> the episode the last one i know i mean i wasn't expecting some of the stuff that was happening boy i i, I can't wait let's get into it so you i tell know me. so we're gonna start with you know the the one who never misses the episode pastor bullock yeah <laughs> and pastor bullock meets with this you know campaign specialist sam riddle we see a little bit of him taking his you know congregation down to city hall so they mm-hmm. can talk to the, the council members mm-hmm. and we see him talking to who he calls his team which yeah. is his brothers and scott and, yeah scott, scott. That's right. yeah <laughs> he says, hey, i was one of interracial kids yeah no i don't know how that related to anything he always gotta rub somebody the wrong way no matter what relationship he involved in because it's scott Scott is like the the only white guy you kind of see through, right. consistently through the whole episode. Right. But we were already aware of this campaign because Bishop Corletta kind of she spilled the tea. <laughs> spilled the tea last week. Last week, uh, Corletta called in, yeah. and she definitely have. We had a great conversation with her. She amazing conversation. She told us so much insight on uh, some of the backstory on on the show. She told us a lot about uh, Pastor Bullock and and what they were going through. So I really love that call. And if you guys want to log and check that out, it's there. It's, it's definitely there. online. Yeah. I always tell people to go you know to YouTube because it's so much easier to watch what's going on in here and it's great. But Bishop is always. Before we move on, Bishop always shows the love. She's, she wrote me on Instagram after the call. I was like, you know, I really love you guys. Thanks oh. for having me again. So thank you, Bishop, for always tuning in and oh, yeah, showing love us love. Yeah. 
We but, actually love the whole cast. We love everyone, to be honest with you. you I mean, we everyone. have no, we have our we have our favorites, but you know, pretty much, you know, we 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 got we got to relate to what they you do. You love everyone. <laughs> oh man, there you go, Pastor Bullock. So we already know that he, he was going to lose this, but you know, because we got the spoiler alert. But what did you think he with this campaign manager who basically told him you have a resume of rejection? Of rejection, and you know what he he quoted him perfectly. Yeah, the, throughout the whole season, getting to know Pastor Bullock. That that quote right there, it made me think like, you know what? He he is right. It is perfect. It's perfect yeah. fitting for him. 2017 election, I think he should try and, and run. I think this one, it wasn't going to happen. Even when he walked in inside the council meeting, I'm thinking if you just think of what he came in with. He came in with the whole camera crew. And it's the camera crew from Preach of Detroit. And I'm sure people <laughs> on the panel was like, eh, here we go. And they probably don't even agree with some of the stuff he spoke of. So, yeah. you know, it, it's probably it would probably it was probably hard to probably get their approval and, and, and their pick for him just coming in with a camera crew alone but i really thought he spoke real well you know he was calm un- unusual unusually yeah, calm because usually he turned up but he spoke real well i was proud of him but you know we already knew the outcome and the outcome is that he didn't he didn't get the seat but. well in this particular situation it wasn't the voters he needed five out of eight votes from the chair people the people mm-hmm. who are already on the council so mm-hmm. This was a, about being likable. You know, Pastor Langston, I mean, Bishop Langston and Bishop Ellis already touched on this, you know, being likable and the fact that this is not the people and you don't, this whole riled up ministry, political standpoint may not get you where you want to go. Yeah. And Pastor Bullock is, he, his, his tongue, the things he says yeah. is what kind of just bites him in the butt all the time. Yeah. He compared himself to, you know, to Jesus. all these, I remember Jesus, Jesus Martin, Luther, Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King, like, yeah. and separating, you know, Ministry, yeah. you know, politics. Yeah. I don't really know if he needs to separate them. I don't. I don't agree with people telling him that. But you know, just yeah. being likable. Yeah. You know, they also said that he, uh, the, the bishops, they both said, you know, that he's he feels more carnal. And even when they said yeah. that, I thought, you know, he is carnal first and then spiritual. And I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure Pastor Book will disagree. But from the viewing and, and you know, watching the season. I want to say that too. I want to say that he's more carnal, and that's not a bad thing. And because he speaks his mind, he's you very, know, he's, he just too much on his instincts. Yeah, exactly. But he speaks his mind, but he does have the word under him. I, I like that. So to me, I think he'll be great for politics. It's just that he needs to be likable, and that's what they were. That's that's what they were leaning towards. They was like, "What are you going to change in your next campaign if you run?" And you know, he didn't really say it like I'm gonna change my attitude. Or I'm gonna try to get. I'm gonna try to get people to, to to help me. But definitely, he needs to he needs to be a more likable character if he wants to be going down that road. I don't think that two years from now, I don't think it's gonna happen for him. Like if I was to, to look forward, because I just see- I wish I wish it does because he he he's the right guy for Detroit. <laughs> I mean, just hearing him talk, I think he's the right guy for Detroit. Yeah, I definitely think that he'll make some changes. I'm not sure if city council is definitely the platform for him. Um, what I do you think he should do? I just, sometimes you, you know, I just, sometimes you just have to do your own thing. You don't necessarily have to be on city council to make change and, and to be effective in the it community. Helped, it no, it it has a church helped. that it, really does a lot for the community already, it, you know? So yeah. I, I, I think two years from now, especially with the show and all these different things, it's going to shift whether this campaign will be successful or not. It's going to have a, you know, it could be hurtful, could be, yeah. you know, beneficial. We don't know, but I just really think that the show and just the way he wants to go and now using this pa- platform of some form of fame to, yeah. you know, boost it will, will, it's going to change things. Well, In two he, years from now, we don't know. Well, for this campaign, when he was gathering the troops with his brother and everybody behind him, I, I think he has a shot. You know, I really do think he has a shot. 
depending on the show and what they're filming in that year. But I'm thinking if, if the show's not happening, you know, the Preachers of Detroit show's not happening, I think he has a better shot, to be honest. I, yeah. Yeah, I think I think they'll view him more seriously. I don't think they took him serious this year. But at the same time, if you think about it, is our politics looking for ministry? Uh, Could that be what hurts him sometimes? Well... In some people's eyes. Possibly. Possibly, but like I said, we only got a snippet of a snippet of what <laughs> that was like a, a, the, the smallest snippet of possibility we ever got. Right. It, it was just it was just a small portion of what he spoke on, and it didn't seem like he was coming from you know the pulpit. It seemed like he was really speaking his knowledge on politics and change. Mm-hmm. So if if that was the the bulk of what he had to say, you know, I don't think I don't think he's coming off as he's he's trying to come into the office to preach and save the world. He just want to save Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Pastor Bullock, we wish you the best of luck in the future yeah. if you do this. But you know, Pastor Bullock has kind of gone down my list of favorites lately because I'd vote for him. I vote for him. I think you know you need a yeah. hard, you need, you need a hard nosed guy that's rooted in the Lord. You need that. You need that in Detroit. You know, Detroit they got crime rate is way up high. I mean, you see some of the characters that we had on the show, or some not on our show, but on their show. Some of the teens that need help, and we're going to get into Courtney. Those. Those kids, that city, they need a hard nosed fight, a fighting for a guy, and that's him. I believe, I believe in him. I, I don't say I dis, I don't believe in him, and I think that he would be great. And if he sticks to what he's been saying, because mm. Pastor Bullock is sometimes shifty in okay. what he does to say, but I, I don't know. Two years from now, I guess we'll see if he makes if, if we're even thinking about it from now. Yeah. Well, as far as the show go, you know. I don't want to see him turn down. And I'm thinking if he's trying to, you know, run for office, he's going to turn down a little bit. But I want to see him turned up. <laughs> I think after he sees the show, too, he may reevaluate some things, you know, how yeah. he sees himself. I don't know, because a lot of people <laughs> with the After Buzz show, you know, Corletta says something about him. You know, the media saying stuff about him. That guy is a fireback guy. He's gonna want to fire back before he before he make peace. He's he gonna make war. <laughs> yeah, I, man, Pastor Bullet, boy, that boy, he he, mm, he I, shots. I didn't, you know, when I actually spoke with him when he called in, I was just kind of just thrown off because yeah. you know I heard the interview him and Lim had, and it was you know great. But when I actually spoke to him, you just kind of you get kind of thrown to the left field, and then you see that his story really didn't add up. What was one of the questions that you asked him that kind of threw you for a loop when you interviewed him? Well, I started to just listen to him, and I was just really... The question that really got me was like, what do you think about people who are saying that you're misinterpreting the word, that your ministry is a little backwards? And what kind of what kind of answer was you expecting? You know what? I was kind of shooting that at him anyway. I was just kind right. of just shooting See, it to shoot it because right. he was getting on my nerves, kind right. of. Right. But uh, <laughs> I, didn't ex- I didn't have an expectation. I knew he was going to be defensive about it. Okay. And kind of just, you know, blow it off. Like, okay. oh, you're not in ministry. You don't know. But yeah. Yeah. it is what it is. You know, it's, it, yeah, min- I'm, ministry I'm, is subjective. You I'm know? surprised he didn't jump down your throat. No, he's not. He's, man, I mean, I don't I don't think he was going to come on the show and start an argument. Yeah. <laughs> that dude. I, I'm over it. We're going to move on. Now, one of my favorites, you know, Bishop... Bishop is my fave of all Goes to dinner with one of my least favorites, the Shelby's. There you go. God, boy, you don't, you don't, vote. who you, you Bullock's son? Golly. How do you know hey? I always say that, you know, I, 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 I think like that her. I love, I love Bishop. I, I love Bishop I, Vaughn. I, but I love, I love Lady Shelby. Lady Shelby gets on my nerves. Man, why? Because she's a follower of her, of her, of her husband. 
almost uh her nose is up his butt type follower like she and she just okay so we see this you know we see this okay. this dinner Give when they me. go to dinner and mm-hmm. i thought it was you know a good idea because i think that they could be friends i think that they have a lot of the four of them yeah i think the four of them really could have could be friends because they share a lot of the same ideals and they just have difference in, in basically religion is the main thing that separates their thought process you know them being you know the shelby's being of Church of God of Christ right. and Bishop Vaughn, you know, not believing some of the ideals of that religion. So mm-hmm. I thought the dinner was a great idea mm-hmm. in hindsight. And, you know, Gil was all for it. You know, I was happy to see Gil because, you know, we have Gil and the, the tension between him and Bishop yeah. throughout the season has kind of shifted things in the shifted way we see Gil. But I was glad to see him and I was glad to see him on board to have the dinner. Yeah. What? I don't know what restaurant they went to, but I pass as the, re- as the, uh, <laughs> the, At the menu, menu, but this is a nice dinner, mm-hmm. and it seemed to start out really well. Well, I I I love the four of them together. It started off high with the good pleasantries, but it went right into the thick of things. Yeah, and I liked it. And what I what I also appreciated, I appreciated that Gil stood up for his wife. Like this, he like stood this. up for. He said, "I do not like that." I was like, "Okay, Gil," and he li- jumped back on the scene real quick and started protecting What's his, his wife. It was his exactly, and I like that. He uses his choice words. He says, what I think is injustice. I don't like what I think is injustice. He doesn't really cast things on other people, but he defends her. And I think that's a common thing with them because when we talk to Bishop off camera, mm-hmm. she's very, she talks so highly of him. So highly. Like, yeah. you guys understand this about Abigail? Understand this? He does this? He she does that? She knows him better. Yeah. She knows him better than everyone else. And he doesn't get a chance to speak for himself about himself. And, and that's great that his wife takes, you know, takes up for him. They take up for each other. Exactly. They, as a team, sometimes I mean, we we saw how you know dysfunctional that was. But like you said, separate when they're talking about each other, they're right all, there for each just other. Great kudos, yeah. And I think that with this situation, we knew this conversation was going to go. You know, the whole women in ministry, how I, this was going to go. I couldn't wait. It, it, we knew this was going to happen. So you know, when the question is presented to uh, Pastor Shelby. Mm-hmm. You know, from the power we already learned, he believes that women have a place in ministry, which is a, a very tricky word. And, and when he first started, he wasn't really saying anything wrong. He just said, you know, looking for a woman of that title was never something I'm, that I was aspiring for. Right. But you know? then they, but then they flash back to when he said, I ain't married. I didn't marry a bishop. And if I, if, I, if she turned a bishop, she probably have to do right. her own thing. But the, here's the thing that really threw me. He said, I don't want to marry a bishop. I want to marry a woman. I, I understand that statement. But I what, did. What's the difference? Because between... he's not he's not marrying a title. I don't want to marry the vice president. I don't want to marry the CEO. I don't want to marry this. I want to marry the woman in front of me. That's how I took it. I didn't take it as he was disrespecting anyone or disrespecting the ministry. It comes off that way. It, it, well, we know what's behind it. But it, but in that statement, I'm only taking surface right now. So at the surface, I didn't see anything wrong with it. But knowing him. I know he meant something else behind it. And they did too. And that's why they jumped all over it. Yeah, but he he always means something else behind it. And and he said that, you know, in their in their ministry, if women want to pursue ministry, they allow them to go on, go forth and do what they want to do. Basically he's just saying we excommunicate you. Well, in so many words, it sounds like you're saying they excommunicate you and you go on to another religion and do what you want to do, but you're not gonna do it here. Mm-hmm. And I think that that whole conversation just why do you, I, I know why she's defending that you know women's rights and women's live and and all that but why does she feel your bishop yeah, my why, bishop yeah i love you bishop yeah why do, <laughs> why, do you, why do you feel that is so like of the front of the line for her because she had it hard coming up 
in I think her that, own. She says she's been in ministry for 40 years. And even even Don Shelby said, you know, I've seen you before. Uh, I'm not sure if he said he liked what she said then. He but said I'm, he heard about it. He heard about it. Ypsilanti's not that big. Now, I'm, and, and I'm thinking the reason why he remembered the name is because he has a problem with women in ministry. Yes, I agree. That's, that's what I'm thinking. So he was thinking, you know, a, a female bishop coming to my city. When, because, he, when he was watching her yeah. back then. And he was like, you know, I remember her. You know, and, and so I'm thinking that's why he brought it up. Like, yeah, I remember you because he didn't say I remember you and you had a, a positive word. He didn't he didn't follow it up with what she had to say. You know what um, was positive. He just said, I remember you. The foundation of Bishop's movement is not about females in ministry. It's about women being empowered and not losing their voice. And she's noticing that a lot of women that are in ministry are the ones that kind of give her more backlash as well as don't know their own voices either. They're following after men in ministry. And men in ministry is what ex- what is expected. It's, okay. it's kind of like the status quo. We all think that, you know, pastor's going to be a man. When if you can easily walk in and say, this is Pastor Mary, you know, yeah. it'd yeah. be some, you know, a woman or yeah. Bishop Mary, you know, it doesn't matter. And I think that that is what she's really saying. It gets misconstrued that she's just saying women in ministry. It just happens to be that the conversation that she's having with these men yeah. deal with women in ministry. Yeah. So, yeah, back at the table with the Shelbys and the Bonds, I'm I'm thinking, why do what why do you think Corletta, you know <laughs> Bishop Bishop Corletta, why do you why do you think it seems like she she was so quick to jump all over them? It just seems like that to me. Seems, I think that was editing. I okay. don't think the conversation. Well, was, you say you say I, editing, but later on when we get to it, when when they had a one to one, she jumped over her too. No, I feel like when they, you know, when the women met up at the church, you yeah. know, uh, Lady Shelby called her. Okay. But we also know that Lady Shelby was not allowing Bishop to speak. She basically wanted it, to come, she wanted Bishop to come all this way because Detroit is not that close to Ypsilanti. It's about a 30 minute drive. So she drove all this way to your so church. So she felt to obligated. Bush. She felt obligated for you since you, I, I called this meeting, I get to talk. Is yeah. That, and it's like, you, that's not how dialogue goes. You know, yeah. if I hear your heart, you can hear my heart. And then if we don't agree, we don't agree, but we've heard each other out. And I felt like Lady Shelby was not trying to hear Bishop at all. And because Bishop's she like, wanted to you know, be heard first. You, yeah. Okay. You got your point of course. She let you speak. You don't cut Bishop off like that. <laughs> this is what you're not going to do. You don't cut Bishop off but like that. But she felt that, you know, I called this meeting and I called this meeting because I have something to say. And so when she began to tell her how she felt in, in her heart, I thought if Bishop, Bishop Corletta, listened, if Bishop, 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 listened. If, if Bishop Corletta, uh, she would, if she would have just sat back just a little longer, I believe that her heart was going to open up and I'm thinking tears was going to come out and, and she was going to tell her story. I, that's how I felt, but she never got that opportunity. <laughs> no, because after she let her speak, she listened. You know, she let all her, I heard was, no, no, no. Are you hearing me? You hearing me? You hearing me? No, that's no, no. When she began the dialogue, she allowed, you know, Lady Shelby to speak. She didn't say a word. Then when she wanted to interject, she didn't allow. It. She was like, no, no. That's when they I started going back and forth. Did, oh, because all I heard was talking on top of talking. It was talking on top of talking because because Lady Shelby was not trying to have Bishop speak at all. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, no, this is my opinion. I'm going to talk about the ones. She was like, I heard you out. You know, can you hear me? She was like, no, let me speak. I want to talk right now. And that's when it started going back and forth. It was just like they never found a common ground because yeah. You know, each person did not get to say what they wanted to say. There was not a real dialogue yeah, going no, on. No you can't invite somebody to your church and try to lead a dialogue, and then you're going to do most of the talking. Yeah. Leading a dialogue is not doing most of the talking. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I just don't. Lady Shelby just sometimes, just her ideals. You know, I don't agree with necessarily. And 
I, I never understand. Heard, I never heard her ideals. The only thing I heard was that she wants to back her husband. And if anything was to happen to her husband in ministry, she said she she don't necessarily want to take the reins. What, yeah, she, I what that. she would do is gather all her sons. What about your daughters? Girl, I was getting to that. <laughs> and, and my daughters. So, <laughs> but I'm just saying, so I had a conversation don't with come and, bishop and so, like this. And, okay? so, <laughs> and so she said she'll grab her sons and her daughters. And I'm thinking what was going to come after that. I never got a chance to hear what's going to come after that. But I'm thinking she was going to say she's going to gather them all together, have talk with them, and find out who was going to lead from there, which I'm thinking is going to be Don Jr. Well, I just think that if you really think about this, this whole show right now, in, in this particular situation, the people, basically, based on what they're editing, shown on TV, the people who have ministered the most and probably changed the most lives right now, who have had the, the most in-depth stories to save others, have been women. Okay, I agree. Women. I agree. It has not been the men. You know, we had evangelist, evangelist Dorinda's story. We have Bishop. And then later we have Courtney. It's been the women. We're, no. So why, we're, this whole, why is this even a topic of conversation that this, you know, women in ministry are a problem or an issue? I don't even understand how they can see this as a problem at all mm-hmm. because I've seen so many women change lives in ministry that it doesn't make any sense that we're having conversations about a sexism in ministry we don't know what's happening behind the scenes I'm just saying what we've seen on this show it has not been the what's men that are changing lives saving lives or getting women in ministry I'm saying whoever is called is called no 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 all of it's valid but I'm saying what's more important it seems like that for Bishop Corletta, it seems like she, she's more targeted towards making sure that women are heard, seen, and respected, which is fine, but so much so that she's willing to step on toes. And I'm not mad because somebody needs to lead that. Yeah. But, but it seems like I'm thinking it was directed in the, at the wrong person. I don't, I think, I think uh, Lady Shelby wasn't there to disagree in totality with her, but I do think that she was like just just holding her on like on why she does what she does right but I feel like if it's fine to hold your own but at the same time if you don't allow her to speak you guys will never see that you have commonalities well, you she see. doesn't even know that she has things in common with Bishop true you know they have a lot of things in common in, in, in how they you know are family oriented their wives you know they deal with these different things and they will never see that she's the Bishop your lady doesn't really matter if you care you know, for women in ministry, but if you could just come to common grounds and see that she just wants to empower women and this, and you just want to be, you know, a mom and supportive of your husband. That's fine. You know, it's fine. It's fine because this is the, your life that you live. But if you don't hear each other out, you never hear the commonalities and be like, you know what? I understand where you're coming from. I don't always agree with it, but I understand it. I respect you for it. There's never going to be a level of respect until they're able to have that common dialogue. And she has done that time and time again. Because the last time they talked, you know, with the when they met up, her and Bishop Langston's wife. Yeah. It was kind of the same thing. She really wasn't hearing what Bishop was saying. She was okay. like, I'm not trying to start a women's movement at my church and blah, blah, blah. And that's it's, my point. My, it's not my... necessarily a women's movement, but to empower other women. That's what Courtney is doing. We'll, we'll see later. Powering young women. I think you're seeing it differently than uh, uh, Bishop is really trying to portray it as because the way Bishop goes about it sometimes it's just people are seeing it in a funny way like you're like oh you're just talking about women in ministry and the hardship you're dealing with when she just really wants to empower women okay that's true I like it I tad bit overbearing <laughs> are they all overbearing well I'm th- I'm saying in that stance and that's what's making the other women so defensive they're feeling like it's either I'm strong or I'm weak and there's no middle ground. And and Bishop Corletta is, is like, I'm strong and you're weak if you think this. I think that the person, the only person who really demonstrates 
the most leveled mindset for women would probably be uh, Bishop Langston's wife. Okay. She, you know, yeah, you know, they, they're, she's, they're a great. She's team. strong, but they're she's still, team. you know, behind her husband and, and, and team. that's who should talk to Lady Shelby. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think, think so. that I think when they when they spoke before, I think they just kind of agreed on everything. But she I never think they really should go out. Listen, if you guys are listening to us, I think you guys <laughs> should go have coffee. Go have a little powwow uh, and just go have some coffee together. And you guys can probably come to terms and then both of you guys can go visit Bishop Corletta and then you guys can talk to them. Don't don't try to set them up to come visit my bishop. <laughs> well, I, I once again I look at Bishop Corletta as the mother. Like yeah. she, she she has a lot of wisdom. Now I ain't saying she has more wisdom. I want to say that, but I can't say that because I don't know them all. But it seems like uh, Bishop Corletta has a lot of wisdom. And once we get that veil down off of everybody's, no, well, not everybody's against me, but you're all on level grounds. She wants to, she wants to bring the ladies up. That's all she wants to do. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, that's all she wants to do. And and they are refusing to come up. They're like, I'm comfortable where I am. I'm comfortable yeah. where women are right now. And and Bishop Corletta is not okay with that. No, because it's just how they portray it. But like I said, it is a lot of the editing how they're portraying Bishop. Because speaking to her, when you meet her and speak to her offline, oh, yeah, it's her. completely yeah. different mm-hmm. uh, portrayal of a, of a yeah. woman. She's she so reminds me, nice, so cool, so she sweet, reminds so me of a great anointed. Auntie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Re- a great auntie and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I would like her in my corner. I, I would definitely Bishop like her in my is corner. totally in my yeah, corner. Definitely like her in her corner. I, I would get counsel from her because she has a sound mind. But uh, but her mission right now is what I just said. Her mission right now is woman empowerment. If I was to say, you know, next time I'm, I'm in Detroit and I, of course, went to college in Ypsilanti too. If I was to say what church I would visit out of the, you know, six of them, it's, it's going to be Bishop. It's going to be Bishop, you know, because mm-hmm. I just, I feel more connected to her. And, Bishop and, Coletta. Yeah. I feel more connected to Bishop Coletta. And I love the fact that the church is Holy Ghost mm-hmm. Cathedral. I, I I like all of that. And I, I feel like out of all of them, you know, even though she's a little bit, she can be overbearing at time, as you say, you know, because she's just really gung-ho on this whole, you know, women in ministry, empowering women. I think that her ministry is the most attractive for me. All right. At this point. Okay. I and, dig it. I probably would never go to Burning Bush. <laughs> that, that bush is burnt. I, ooh, let, can we go to that, please? Can we, uh, yes, we, can we, we go to I that? was I wanted to hold off so long because it's so juicy. As everybody knows, I reported on this because I, I, I randomly came across this article about Courtney Shelby, one of the Shelby Fives. You broke the story. It was I breaking news here at AfterBuzz <laughs> episodes <laughs> ago. Yep. And I, I always stress, you know, her. You know, she. The story is that you know she was not pure anymore she had sex with someone in the church and was pregnant wait someone in the church yeah one of the guitar players okay so one of the guitar players you know from the church and you know possibly got pregnant they say that you know she lost the baby due to complications others are saying it was an abortion okay so she was pregnant yes yes that's what the story said and does that past tense was yes they say that they say she had complications with the pregnancy so she had a miscarriage but in the story the that I, was that she was pregnant but go ahead <laughs> in the story I read of course it said that she had an abortion so mm. that was the story and, and so isn't that against religious beliefs? yeah okay so how did yes. that do do the church know that yeah the church is the church is fully aware of, of all of this apparently is, it, is the church okay with that well she, they don't know that they don't really know that she had an abortion but they are were aware of this whole situation of her you know having sex and she confessed to the church and then for a short period of time she was released of her ministry duties for a while okay tell me this um you know, i don't want to get on the gossip but, but we'll move on i'm sorry but i want to know if you know this what were the guitar player and courtney in a relationship or was just a 
just that side piece <laughs> after after rehearsal. I think they were in the choir room. I don't think that you could have a you play that guitar kinda, good, Mister. I don't think they think they have that kind of relationship in Burning Bush. <laughs> I, I think they were dating. They burnt that bush, and they actually the story said that they put that guitar player out the church for a little while, a little while, <laughs> like a year. He wow, was they put him out. They banished him, <laughs> yeah. but not her. How, no, how she, unfair is that? she was released from her ministry duties for a time. Okay, and then you know after she was brought back, they ate longer. Yeah, basically. Okay, for a short period of time. But now you know she's the youth ministry leader. And oh, speaking of which, you wait a minute. She spoke so great. Wait a minute. Before we get there, you I, kept saying alleged. I told you the story was confirmed. You know and I told you off camera who confirmed this story for me. I'm here today to apologize to <laughs> I am Gary. <laughs> I said it was true. I told you it was true. I said allegedly because I didn't want to get sued. I didn't want to be. A, I, like, I didn't want to be in any lawsuits. I have my own problems right now. But now that it is confirmed, I am. Also, oh, it had to be reconfirmed. I on am the publicly show. apologizing to you, sir. You were right with your sources, and I will follow you to the ends of the earth <laughs> so i i kept saying this whole thing with her having sex was um a time for minute to minister mm-hmm. stop using this as a, a, a yeah. way to sweep under the rug hide this whole thing because you want everybody to be pure. before the before media got to it you were saying this yeah i was yeah. saying this you know this is time to, to minister so we see on this episode just how powerful her ministry is because you know she dealt with a lot and that's why i say you know this the kiara sheer song save me was so fitting for this situation with her because we can be our own spirits. Yeah, we can yeah. be our own Goliaths in a sense, you know, because she was dealing with, you know, the spirit of depression, the spirit of suicide, just, you know, a Secrecy, lot of pain. I mean, she had a lot to deal with. A lot of pain yeah. with this whole situation. Yeah. So she didn't see that the grace was there for her the entire time. She yeah. didn't see it at that point. But now, you know, she's at a new point in her life. She's ministering to the young people. And finally, this was an amazing time. And I'm glad that they actually put this on the episode. I'm glad she waited to do this, mm. you know, on TV because there's so many people watching that needed this story from her. They did flat. They did flashes of like news clips and stuff like that. I'm sure I'm it was sure all was, over the news. I'm sure that was a big deal in Detroit. Well, mm-hmm. I'm sure it was. But in this episode, I loved how she said she had the three C's and she came up with a speech prepared and then she broke into her story. And after she said, uh, you know, her story, it was a lot of teens and young adults there that that can relate. And they stood up and they testified to their shortcomings and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I really love that. That was her time, like you said, to, to give uh, teen to talk about teen pregnancy. Uh, so teen, much. Teen, teen dating, uh, uh, sex before you marry, which we call fornication. Uh, any, all the things that she could have talked about, she did talk about, and it broke through. Yeah, and, and it seemed it was so real. It was so. I believed real. her. I, she, I believed her, her. Tears choking up and just her. This conversation Even between her tears, and Drea, I, her I believed sister. Her. Her and her sister, just the commentary between them, you saw how real it was and how you know powerful their sisterhood was and just the ministry, the, the power behind her testimony was just, it's just so great. And that's the thing about the yeah. Shelby Five. I, I love where faith is going for millennials right now. Mm. I love where it's going for millennials. And I think that the Shelby Five, I always will say this, they have an amazing chance to minister. Mm-hmm. And these are, you know, pastor's kids, that also have a ministry of their own with their music. So this is a really good time. And her story, it's just going to break so much ground. And I would actually love to see her and Pastor Alden do something together. Because mm. mm. they have two different sides of the virginity and abstinence, you know, ministry. Yeah. You know, whereas Pastor yeah. Alden has never had sex. And she is yeah. one who, you know. But as you, if you hear in our interview with Pastor Alden. Now, I'm Alden, thinking that she had sex before. This was just. Oh, yeah, she has. Yeah, okay, of course. Right. She's the one who has had. Because right. we, if you hear the interview with Pastor Alden, yeah. he does not only 
preach abstinence, but he, he preaches, you know, having, getting your virginity back, praying over that, and, you know, Amen. getting I, I another that. chance at that, too. I love that. So the two of them together could have a really great ministry, something yeah. that they can travel with and really just change a lot of lives yeah. with that. Yeah, well, Courtney, she said it herself. She was like, after I released it, she felt free. And I, and I really appreciate that she said those words set free mm-hmm. like it's i'm free of it after i confessed it to the church or I, i'm confessing it right now and she said whoever you confessing it to after you do that you're set free a lot of teens and young adults don't believe that and they hold it in get ulcers and they they act out in some other way in some other manner uh they they run away and try to run away from their problems but she hit it head on you know it was a lot of stuff turmoils around it but she had no other choice but to hit it head on and having this this little talk with all the young adults and things like that i thought that was really stellar of her and like i said before i believed her i believed the tears i believe her confession i believe her listening and connecting with the people that was in the room. Right. And Drea, to me, she, her maturity level was so high. She's awesome. Yeah. Her maturity, and she is one of the best voices in the group. Wow. <laughs> she's she, awesome. She, 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 she's really a stand-up woman. I, I like that. I really, I, that was really attractive to her. <laughs> you gonna, you gonna find her on the gram? <laughs> but, uh-uh. Don't get me in trouble. Uh-uh. But, T.K. Murphy ain't having that. Uh-uh. Here, Courtney... Is I, I I just appreciated her so much because, like you said, the freedom the, that was the best part of her the whole you know sermon so mm-hmm. to speak that she gave mm-hmm. um, just saying freedom because the, the spirits that we deal with are not real yeah. and we allow them to be so much bigger than they are uh-huh. so when she had the dream where she said you know basically she felt like she's being choked choked yeah it was like that all those spirits everything she's dealing with is getting to you it's taking over how you think you know how you feel how you move. Those take control of you. The enemy fights so hard to take those holes in your in your spirit and gra- latch onto them. Yeah. And she had so many holes because how she was feeling about herself, yeah. he was just pulling her down. Yeah. So now that she finally got over that, you just saw how, how she could change so many people's lives. And yeah. the youth in Burning Bush are, are in for a treat if she keeps ministering like that. And not just Burning Bush. The, the viewers at home that was watching it, I'm sure that they probably felt the same way. I mean, Definitely. you can watch it as a viewer and be like, ooh. And you can point fingers all you want, but you have your own sins that you probably have to confront. And if you do have those sins that you have to confront, don't hide them any longer. Go ahead and confess them sins and be free of that sin. You, the one guy, <laughs> the one guy who had the the three children. Yeah. yeah. Well, that had, one. Ooh, he had a whole lot. <laughs> he had a whole lot. He had a whole lot of baggage. Right. Yeah. But it was, he but, was ready to take but you trips. saw how that, that her ministry brought that. It wasn't even the same situation. Right. All, you know, really, but like I said, but it, it gave, was, it was releasing it and being able to talk about it openly. Yeah. That helped the whole situation. And I again say who in the show has ministered the most, mm. the women of the show. There you there, go. There we go with Courtney in this amazing ministry with, you know, sexual sin. And then we dealt with uh, Evangelist Dorinda mm-hmm. and her spirit of depression. Yeah. And then we have Bishop Vaughn. Well, we already know in the, like, African, Ameri- crazy. In the African American community, you know, uh, women run a lot. You know, they they're, they're head up with us. So I, I love it, though. You know, I, 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 I like this, a strong The transparency woman. has yeah. been way has been yeah. greater than the men of this show. There you go comparing. I'm not comparing. I'm just saying. I'm just saying what we're seeing on TV. Because the men are the men are doing what they are supposed to do. What is that? What you mean? What they? That's. I think that's the problem with the, the men in they're ministry. The heads of the, they're the men heads of in the ministry. Church. Men in the ministry. We still try to live up in, into that level of what manhood is supposed to look like based on society's well society's the, you know always, rules. But women don't necessarily always deal with that, and they're a lot easier to let their walls, their, their guards down. 
and and be a lot more open. Whereas men sometimes still facade truths in their ministry because they don't really want people to know that sometimes they were molested or they you know they were raped or these type of things. When in, in the long run. Being transparent in your ministry is going to save a life. You don't have to tell all your business yeah, at all times. There's but different types of transparency. Some men don't have those issues. They, they don't. They, they, can, counsel, they, like, oh, they can counsel but, those issues, but, but they don't so have those so many that issues. do that don't tell. And, and, or so many, who, they have so many men who have, have dealt with depression and they they won't have, say it. They have different issues. And they do. They do. They do. They they bring it to the forefront. There, I'm not saying that all pastors don't. But I think that is definitely something. Manhood is what we think being a man is can sometimes harm a ministry because it, it doesn't allow the, that true transparency sometimes well, whereas I don't women go, don't always see that and the women in this show have been completely I don't transparent go, laid out on you the say table. that and I believe it you're right but I, I go back to last week's episode where Pastor Langston and went and picked up Anthony from the was it Anthony from the jail yeah, yeah. I, I don't that, think that his man was don't think it was bad I just think that that's very very important because Anthony's going to be a leader and he's going to be the head of a family one day I don't and, think that what he did or Bishop Ellis did are any less than what the women have done well, in this show. Is. I don't. You heard it I right don't. here. You heard it right here, I don't here, think folks. that their ministry have been any less than what they did. But I also noticed that the men are, are strategic in what we see on TV, especially Bishop Langston. Okay. He's strategic. Well, then Whereas this is the year Courtney that... Courtney let, let it all out. You know, Evangelist Dorinda let it all out. Tears and awe. Sometimes so, you just really got to show the humanality in you, who, who you really are, because... She's a pastor's child. Mm-hmm. They have her on a pedestal that she does not belong on because she's a PK. When she, when this whole thing came out, she let it all lay on the table for no, all those youth. Well, she tried to hide it for, for oh, a little she bit. tried to hide okay. it because she, you know, right. for, but I'm saying when she finally was able to free it from mm-hmm. herself, just like when Evangelist Dorinda free was free enough to talk about her depression, they let it be on the table for what it is because I think she had no choice. Human. She was, she was put in the corner. She had to free it. She had to say something. Who, uh, Courtney? Courtney, she had to. I, I don't think she it was taking, said it, it on was, her own. I think it was hurting her, to her, hurting her too much. It was. And she had to say something. She had to say something. And I'm thinking after she said something and after she let it all out, she saw that it wasn't that hard. But what if what if we didn't allow it to hurt us that much? What if we didn't get to that point? No, it would. Because if I were at that church and I saw that from the PK, I would probably think some type of way. I would think, well, what's happening? Look at you judging what, over there. I, I'm only being honest. I'm being human. I'm thinking, well, you know, what 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 are your kids doing? How do you expect me to act? And they're out there fornicating and, you know. How does, how does his kids relate to me? Well, because we, we're looking at examples. Examples of what? Of how to be, how to act. My mama is not Lady Shelby. Oh, how she oh, raises oh, her oh, kids oh. has nothing to do with oh, how my mom raised oh, me. Okay, like I said, it's an example. It's it's not an example. The okay. only example. So, it, it's just it's the guidance that they, everybody's searching for because they are the leaders of the church. Okay, let's say let's let's say the young adults and the teens they don't feel they, they don't understand what you just said. They're looking around. Their eyes yeah, is absorbing what, information, and that is exactly what they're talking about. You know, in this that's in why Courtney had show, to come out. She, she said, had to come out because she didn't have to. But she felt the need to because it was a stronghold on her. She wanted to be free of this. She didn't have to necessarily minister to the youth about this. She releasing it to her family and to and to God. She confessed it. That's all she was required to do. She's only required to be great in the eyes of God. She that's the only person she is please. Not it. the ministry, not the people in the church, not anybody in Burning Bush. Sounds good, but as that's the truth. It, no. So when she released it to her parents well, and, and to God, that is the truth. That's when she was free. But, but now she's using it as a testimony. But she's at the next level of it. But you're on a show. 
and you're you're opening your you're opening your closet, your Pandora's box to everyone. And if that's the case, then yes, you are required to do those things, especially no, if you want to. You always make so clearly the show is not about the Shelby Five; it's about Don Shelby. He is the, the per- that's what you always they say. And we will go too. back to YouTube videos and show how many times <laughs> you say this. And when I talk about the Shelby Five and the, the ministering, you always say, "But it's not about them." Well, so I'm gonna start saying, she "Don't quote me on that." Anything on this show, she didn't have to do that. But the fact that she well, if did, she, if she did, we, we need to give her credit where if, credit is due. She if, didn't have to do it. If she didn't, I would be sitting here saying allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Well, you and can I'm tired of saying allegedly. You can say I want to know the truth. You, you could still, still be saying alleged. Now look, now like I said, because we're humans, we're gonna see it the way I see it first. And like you said, she don't have <laughs> you go see she don't have no responsibility to to the church. She only has responsibility no. to her loved ones and and God. I got that, but I still can I can feel the way I want to feel. Yeah, and now that she repented and confessed to, to all what she'd done and now helping, I, I still see her from the Courtney when I met her the first time to Courtney now. Just she just went through some trials and tribulations like the na- like the title of the show. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I was just stressing them. I just wanted the ministry to come it's out. It's just be real. It's reality TV. Be real. Yeah, I just was stressing. I just wanted a time for them to use it as ministry. And stop pushing necessarily the the concept of sexual purity the entire time, but and they get, did. Let's get this right. It took nine episodes, but I'm happy we finally and they got did. to it. So thank you, I was Courtney. on my on pins and needles waiting on her. Thank to you, talk Shelby about Five. This. We ain't talking thank about Shelby. We, thank you, Courtney. I said thank you, Courtney first. Yeah, we gonna, we're definitely going to see what the Shelby Five do in the future. You know, yeah. with their their music and everything, mm-hmm. and you know how I bet you some of that be in that music. Man, this music is. I was in the choir. I don't know. She doesn't really. I haven't and seen her sing talk. lead yet. So maybe, maybe this will be a new song, a, a really good praise and worship song about you know God's grace and the sufficiency of it. I felt pain <laughs> in my. All domino. right, how about we just go ahead I and move on into my... predictions? <laughs> <laughs> now you're, you're about, about to be singing over here. So we are down to one episode, episode left. I know, and we already saw a little bit of heated debate and some tears rolling in the previews. I, no, I tried not. When they said yeah. what was coming next, I didn't look. I didn't want to know. I didn't look. Well, so I don't know. Well, okay, well, since you are blindsided and did not see the previews, what do you think is going to happen in the next episode? I don't know, but... You know, since there's only one episode left and all my predictions never came true. <laughs> no. So why, why, why stop now? Well, you know, I, like I said, I like to see Bullet turned up. I don't think we have enough time in the last episode to see that unless they're going to do a, a, a teaser for the next season. So I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking your bishop, your bishop, bishop. Yeah. I think your bishop is probably going to say something and do something in the, in, in the following episode that's probably going to turn our heads. Uh, well, I saw the preview, so... Am I right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I finally got one right, y'all. I there, finally got one right. There is something that's going to happen with Bishop and Gill and some and some dialogue that's going to happen with the Shelbys. Okay. And, you know, I, I, I think Gill is going to, re- you know, reveal some things we didn't expect. Do I think they're going to break up from this? Break up? Oh, it's, it's definitely about their marriage. So you didn't see well, the preview. Yeah, well, so. the, the mar- well, we already know the marriage wasn't all... But I mean, I'm I have, I'm completely optimistic. Get to your about predictions, but we lose time. Okay. So I just think that uh, Gil's gonna you know drop a bomb on us that we were not expecting, 
And I think that is my prediction for the week. <laughs> so that wraps up our show for today. I'm so happy that we have some solid viewers who continuously watch us. My mom and my daddy. <laughs> Make sure anytime you guys want to talk to us, tell us how you feel, comment on the, on the YouTube page, hashtag ABTVPOD. That's After Us TV Preachers of Detroit. And make sure you guys like and subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com backslash After Us TV. And find us on SoundCloud yep. and, iTunes. and iTunes. Download the app. Download Please, the app. Please, it's, it's free. so much easier. Jeez. Thank you, guys. Thanks for one more episode. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.